0: Doug, Doug came and he said uh, he felt like he had a word that was in season for us. And as he was sharing, uh, we as a team we really felt like it really is a good word in season. So, can you welcome uh, our brother Doug? Thank you. Thank you. It's a delight and an honor to have microphones that work. Is it working? Yes. Oh, okay, good. I just want to say that the season that uh, we've walked through, you have been so precious to us, and I want to thank you for the phone calls and the texts and the meals and the different uh, ways that you have been so precious in a family. It is... Very, very meaningful. And I want to share with you today something about what I've been going through and experiencing because I'm here today to say I have victory. I have significant, deep, genuine victory. And for those that don't know, please, uh, those that do, let me just kind of put you up to date of what uh, we've been experiencing Just about a year ago, March 23rd, I was forced through circumstances to place my wife in a memory care facility because she has had Alzheimer's for the last six years. The most difficult thing I've ever done, my best friend, the love of my life is no longer mentally with us. And then right after that, I went through a time where I was down flat on my back and I had my fifth back surgery. You know, I was told that third time's a charm. I thought, well, after the third one, I should quit, but I had to have number five. And then in July, my precious son had to have part of his leg amputated. And then in September, my son-in-law had a heart attack. That was not a good six months. But I want to share with you today, not a theory, but something I'm living in victory. And this is, I think, applicable to every one of us, and that I believe it's applicable to you. Is it possible to have joy and pain? at the same time see i think we have the idea that it has to be one or the other we have to have kind of well you know if you really have deep you know someone is really grieving they have to just go through it but i believe that god is bringing me through an understanding that we can have deep abiding supernatural God sent joy in the midst of difficult, agonizing, horrible pain. It is possible. See, the Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 30, verse 5, weeping may last for the night, but joy Comes in the morning. I want to observe with you, it doesn't say that weeping stops. It doesn't say that now that whole thing, why the weeping was taking place, that's all ended. No, it says joy comes. See, coming, that means you have to do something. You came to church today. You had to get out of where you were and come. Joy comes. It wasn't there, but now it is. Joy comes to us in the morning. Now, we find some examples in Scripture that are very real of people that did have to walk through joy and pain. Let's talk about Job. Great guy. God gave him everything back. I mean, he went through horrible things. In fact... It says that he he received twice as much as far as sheep and cattle and camels and donkeys and whatever they had in those days. But he still lost his kids. And we have a precious example in our midst. Our wonderful pastor of worship, Paul Nunn and his sweet wife, Ann, they have three wonderful children today that they love and they're a delight to all of us and are with us. But they lost a set of twins, and that's real. So you don't have replacement children. They had pain, but you still can have joy even in the midst. In James chapter 1 and verse 2, I don't want to read this from the Message Bible. I just love this particular verse in the Message Bible. It says, consider it a sheer gift. Now, either James had a real key for us or he had lost his mind. Because I don't consider these things that I have had to walk through a gift. I'd like to go to the gift exchange or something. Can I get a better one or a different one, anything? No, no. See, James has some insight. He says, consider the sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Anybody relate to this? From all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. We might want to say, ouch. Sometimes I don't like the colors that were shown but don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you will become mature. <laughs> Any you want to become mature? Anybody? Kind of careful to raise your hand on that one, aren't you? Like, all right, I don't, don't want uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> to... Become mature, well-developed, and not deficient in anything. See, we can experience so those difficulties and every one of us face them in some ways their struggles and if you're not now I'm sorry to say that there'll be a day coming that you will have those those disappointments those challenges those difficulties but we can and do are, are able to walk in deep joy in the midst of our pain and the ultimate Example of who walks in joy and pain at the same time. The ultimate example is God Himself. Does God have pain today? He had to watch all the sin yesterday in the whole world, all seven billion people, and probably all of them did something that was sinful. He had to watch. Would that be painful to him? Absolutely. But I want to declare to you that our God has deep joy. He says it's joy unspeakable. That means I don't know how to tell you I got it. I just know I got it. Joy that is available for you and I. Now, joy is possible even when there are things that just don't seem to suggests that i should have joy it would seem to say that you know y- you should be sad see i think we have this mistaken idea that <clears throat> that joy has or excuse me pain has to stop and then joy can come it's not biblical Weeping may last for the night and you still might be weeping in the morning, but joy comes and we can learn to live in victory even though there are circumstances that do not suggest victory belongs in our place or our house. See, there's a difference between joy and happiness. How to help to remember this? Happiness comes from happenings. Whatever happens, you're going to have some degree of yay or nay. Like today I got up and put on some pants, and those rascals, they had shrunk while they're hanging in the closet. (laughs) I mean, that's just plain rude. I was not happy about that. I had to took those off and... Broughted a sigh of relief when I took him off and hung him back in the closet. I wasn't happy about that, but it didn't take away my joy. See, joy is a different source than happiness. Happiness can change like the weather. Happiness can think things can can be all kinds of difficulty. When I pastored my first church, there was a country western singer that had met the Lord and he was starting writing songs and he came to our place and he sang this song and he he said since I come to Jesus I've been happy all the time and I thought you have not <laughs> I just happened to know the day before he had a bus and he had a flat tire on the inside dual of his bus now, you're not gonna be happy about that if you understand what I mean, what's gonna to take to fix that rascal. But I can say, since I've come to Jesus, I can walk in joy. So where does joy come from? How do we get joy? I've got seven scriptures for us to look at and to read and to see if we aren't. Able to walk in all seven. It's available to you and me. I have personally experienced more joy recently than before my pain. Did you hear me? I've experienced more joy in the last three months than I have prior. But that doesn't change that I've had joy. Let's look at Scripture. First of all, according to Psalm 1611, it's a gift of God. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy. Who does it? God does it. It's a gift. If someone gives you a gift, it's a gift. And you have the option to accept it or to reject it. But you can accept it. It's a gift. He says he gives it to us. It's something that's available to you and I because it's a gift of our Father God. Secondly, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, etc. Now, in order to have fruit, you have to have a root root. And that root has to be planted in something that will produce the fruit. And if you are planted in the root and in the ground of Jesus himself, there is a capability by the Spirit of God within you to produce Something you don't have to feel, something you don't have to earn, something you don't have to have circumstances that will confirm it, you could have a fruit of the Spirit that's love and joy, a fruit of the Spirit. According to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, it's a choice. It's a what? How many of you can make a choice? You just did. Some of you decided to say it and some of you decided not to. It's a choice. We can make a choice. The Word of God says rejoice in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. It's a choice. And we don't have to make the choice. But when that choice is available, when we recognize I can actually choose joy, I want to stand here today to tell you it's changed my life because I have chosen, not because circumstances are better, I see my wife every day, and every day I am faced with the reality of a very cruel disease called Alzheimer's. Last week there was a time she didn't know me for a few minutes. She asked me, where's my husband? And I said, uh, I am your husband. You are? Oh, okay. (laughs) I guess maybe I wasn't as important as I thought. (laughs) But, see, that was not particularly a pleasant thing. But I can still choose joy, even though I have disappointment, even though I got relationship strains, Even though I got difficulties, even though my finances are not well, I can have joy because the source of joy is not circumstances. It's who I know, and his name is our God. You should say amen to that. Our God is where joy comes from. And in Psalm 126, verse 5, It says, Those who sow in tears will reap, will reap in joy. I have to admit to you that I've had lots of tears, especially in 2017. Now, my wife has never seen me since she's been in this memory care facility. She's never seen me down, she's never seen me discouraged. I'm always up, I'm upbeat, she's the most wonderful person. I tell her that, I'm, I'm very positive to her and life is wonderful and that's what's all she's ever seen. She'll never see me any other way. But then I go to the car and cry. That's honest. But then as I am crying I say okay God, I'm asking for joy and it comes. Sometimes it might take a mile as I drive. Sometimes it might take until I get halfway home. But joy comes because the word of God promises, if you sow in tears, you will. You will. You will reap in joy. Psalm 100 verse 1 says, you can shout for it. Shout for it. It doesn't say shout because of it. No, it says shout for it. In other words, you shout in order to receive it. What do we do for it? We do what? We do what? We do what? I think joy's coming in this place. Because it says you can shout for it. And I have to t- say to you, there's times I don't feel very joyfully because of circumstances. But I'm driving down the road and i'm shouting to the top of my lungs my rattles my windows rattle cuz i'm shouting and i can declare to you experientially joy comes cuz the scripture is true we also see that according to <clears throat> psalms 86 verse 4 that we can ask for it bring joy to your servant lord For I put my trust in you. Ask for it. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. We can correct that problem by asking. And if you're struggling, if there's pain, if there's difficulty, if there's circumstances, we need to be very proactive and say, God, I ask you for joy because I need it today. It also says... That if we are upright, we will have joy. Now, it's not necessary for us to deny our pain. See, and I want to be very loving and appropriate as I share this. But sometimes people that are really trying to help us to you trust God for the miraculous and for healing, I think they've taught us to lie. You know, well, don't ever say you you have a cold. Um, if you have a cold, you're not lying by saying, man, I'm sneezing, I'm coughing, I, my nose is running. That's not a lie. See, it's not denying, oh, no, I don't. I, I, I'm fine. No, you don't have to deny that there's reality of your, of your circumstances, but in the midst of it is what really can have. We can learn to have both joy and pain, but here's the key, without guilt. See, I have to say to you that for months, if I laughed if I was around people who were having a good time, I feel guilty. Oh, my poor wife, you know, she's, she's in this place and you know, she's... If my wife's mind were clear, oh, she'd want me to have joy. Amen? I had to give myself permission to have joy. And I was telling myself, you really couldn't Because circumstances, look, no, the joy is not from my wife or not in spite of my wife. The joy comes because I know the source of joy. And his name is my God. Joy is a gift of our God. And it's available no matter what your circumstances are given to you or suggesting to you. Joy is because of who God is. And that you know him. See, we can actually go back and forth between pain and joy. It's like like some's for a while, then some's not for a while, then some is more. But see, because you go back and forth, it doesn't mean that you lost the joy. I think what happens is I'm doing really well, and then oh, there's a day that I'm not, and we're kind of like, oh shoot, well, I lost that. No, it's just to mean that, that the pain is a little bit more dominant today. But joy comes in the morning. Because then we go back to those seven things and we say, all right, Lord, I need your gift. I ask for it. I shout for it. And we can go back and receive that deep joy of the Lord. Joy is because of who God is not because or even in spite of circumstances. The giver of joy has not changed because my circumstances have not been good. When my father was in the hospital just having cancer surgery and I'm the one that told him the result of his surgery and I said well dad they were not able to get the cancer. He said, well, what happened? I said, well, Dad, it's a lot worse than they thought. He said, well, son, how bad is it? I said, well, they've given you two weeks to live. My dad turned toward the window, and I went over, and I grabbed his hand. And I says, Dad, what's going on? Talk to me. He said, this new information that you just gave me did not change my God. Therefore, it will not change my joy. My friends, no matter what you face, you and I can have deep, lasting joy. The last three months, I have been in the ministry for 39 years. The last three months have been the best ever. Not because of anything that's changed, out there, but what's changed in here? I have had the privilege of ministering to thousands of people around the world. I'm a million mile flyer on two airlines. That's a lot of miles, by the way. Lots of sitting on airplanes. And I've had effect. There isn't a week that goes by that I don't get uh, an email or a text or some communication for somebody. Yeah, you, Todd. In a school I attended in 1989. And you taught one in 19... 19- whatever. I'm every week. But this has been the best. Because of a new place that God's brought me. In deep, real joy that has nothing to do with my circumstances. But everything to do with who my God is. And this we can walk in. Now, I want us to be aware of joy stealers. See, I did really good with the big things. You know, like facing with my wife, I was always real positive with her. I did really good with her. And I did reasonably well, you know, with my back. And I I did good with my son's surgery. And etc. But the little things is what got me like drivers. Anybody relate to this? If you're not raising your hand, you don't drive. And Walmart employees Oh, oh. like. People at airports that serve food. That happens to be one of my big ones. And so I was actually driving just outside of town here, and I pulled out, and I I was, the guy behind me was coming a little more quickly than I was aware, so I kind of tried to, you know, pull a different lane to give him time to pass. Well, he passed me, he began to inform me of what he thought about me, which, was not real positive, positive. <clears throat> and I'm not comfortable really telling you what he said or what was on his hand, <clears throat> but anyway, I was so upset with him because I was trying to be nice, and I wanted to drive and track him down and says, hey, buddy, I was trying to be nice, and God spoke to me and says, do you want to be right or do you want to be godly? Oh, oh, I realized I wanted to be right. (laughs) But I realized that when I'm right, that means somebody else has to be wrong. Oh, this is a relationship divider. Oh, it kills relationships when I have to be right. Therefore, I want to help you to understand how wrong you are. But see, when your goal is to be godly, you don't care. You don't care who's right. You just want to be godly. Now, I can't say that I'm walking in this 100%, but I have certainly improved. But it's a joy stealer. Those little things that really I want to be right, and that means if I'm right, then someone else has to be wrong. How many of you ever wanted to inform someone of their wrongness with emphasis and clarity? Have you ever wanted to inform someone of your godliness? You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Because when you're godly, everybody knows it. And I challenge you in the name of the Lord. Let's watch the joy stealers by drivers, Walmart employees, or whomever is your pet peeve. And let's choose to be godly. Another thing that God's been really bringing to me in the midst of my challenges is peace. Some years ago, I did a study of peace. I looked up every scripture in the, in the Bible that had to do with peace. I looked it up in the, both in the Greek and the Hebrew. It was applicable. And I did a pretty complete study. And after I did that, I still wasn't you know, like, well, what, what is the essence? What is peace? What, what does it mean to have real peace? Well, it's the absence of war, yeah. But I'm going to submit to you my definition and see what you think about this. And this is something that's been really a blessing to me. Peace is no inner turmoil. When that turmoil inside goes away, you have peace. You can have peace when everything is not going so well because the turmoil has gone. Now, I have to admit to you, when I sometimes visit my wife, I get in the car and I cry and I say, okay, I need joy, Lord, but I also need some peace. And when I ask for it, it says peace that passes understanding. I can't tell you, I can describe to you how I got it. I just know it's there. Peace. And the other thing, these three things, joy and peace and rest. So I did the same thing with uh, with the study. I also looked up every scripture about rest. And was trying to Grapple with, well, what is really what's rest? Taking a nap? Yeah, that's not bad. That's not ungodly. I realized that when I first put my wife in the memory care, I hadn't really slept well for two years. I was exhausted. I needed sleep. Well, that was good. But sleep did not completely bring me rest. So what is rest? Let me give you my definition. Rest is the absence of things that drain me. Drain your energy. Drain your strength. Drain your time. Drain your joy. When those things are not present, you do have. the truth is my friends that when we can choose to walk in these things we have a place in God I want to tell you experientially the last three months have been so good but my circumstances have not improved but what God's done in my heart is what's improved in Habakkuk Chapter 3 and verse 17, it says this. Though the fig tree does not bud and there's no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though, are, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stall. Now, I want to help us understand what, these, what this verse is talking about. In Israel... It just listed everything that Israel did for for income, for their ability to sustain life, to provide for them life. They they couldn't work for companies. Companies didn't exist. They had to produce something. And everything in this list, that's everything that the whole nation would do to produce income. Let me read it again. The fig tree does not blossom. And there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. And there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stall. They are not in a good place. But the next verse says, I will. Yet I will rejoice. I will what? Worship team, could you come back? Yet I will rejoice. I will as a choice, I will as something that we do, I will rejoice, I will be joyful again even though my circumstances are not suggesting that I should be joyful about anything. My friends, we can have joy, we can have deep, lasting, supernatural, God-given joy because it's a gift of God, it's not a circumstantial benefit, it's a gift of our loving Father. And I want to challenge us that we respond to this. Could we stand to our feet, please? And the worship team is going to lead us. But they're going to lead us in declaring the goodness of our God, the understanding. And if you are, um, prayer servant team, could you come forward too also, please? And if you are needing someone to stand with you or, or pray with you or encourage you, please come. Have one of them pray for you. And let's rejoice together. Let's be joyful. Let's leave this place in joy as we chase, say, "I will. I will, I will rejoice.